Hello, friends, and welcome to EDH for Humans, a podcast where we talk about people, not just the cards they play. I'm your host, Millard, and joining me today is Logan. Hey, thanks for having me. And Colin. Hello, thank you for having me as well. We are ranking the mechanics associated with card advantage, and Logan will be explaining the ranking process today. Yeah, so um, we're going to do a tier list, um, starting with S, then going to A, B, and C. Um, usually it has D, but we decided that um, if any of the card advantages are ranked D, it's not really card advantage. It's card disadvantage at that point. Um, so, um, a little bit about how we're ranking these um, based on that. We're going to say that card draw is A tier, um, and anything better than card draw is going to be S tier, and anything worse, so B will be... Worse than drawing a card, but still pretty good. C is worse than drawing a card, but also kind of bad. Um, so let's go on to um, the different forms of card advantage, and we'll start hearing them then. Kicking this list off, we're going to start off with cantrips. So this is any card that does whatever effect and then also says draw a card. Just specifically... You're casting one spell, and it's drawing one card. Um, so I ranked this as B. Logan? Yeah, I also ranked this as B. Um, it feels like you're not necessarily losing a card, is, is where I'm at. Well, this is going to yeah, be a But you're also not I... gaining a card. Right. Am I the Colin? one to put it at S tier? I, I think you are. Yeah, I <laughs> wow. I like cantrips a lot, um, specifically just because they make storm counting so much easier. Yeah, I definitely think there are like specific situations where card draw is good, um, and like in sixty card formats where it's one v one, it's really good. But I just I don't think it's there's, better there's... than drawing a card. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I, I think I think if you're playing a storm deck, cantrips are probably one of the best options you have. <laughs> but outside of that, I think it's just a solid mechanic that is not necessarily better than just straight up drawing a card. I think I'd still just I'd I'd take a spell and a card over just a card. That's where my head was at when I was thinking about it. Sure. No, absolutely. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing, like, at that point you're really considering is you're also losing one mana from it, usually. Yeah, that is a good yeah. point. Alright. Moving forwards. Oh, that's me. Uh, scrying is the next mechanic. Uh, I placed Scrying at A tier, mostly because I found Scrying to be very useful in the long run, especially in decks that deal with Miracle or Cascade or anything that deals with the top of your library. So I think it's almost as good as drawing a card. It's just slightly below. But still an A tier. Yeah, I would agree with that, definitely. Miller? I I put it in B tier. I don't, I don't think scrying is good enough to be comparable to drawing a card, unless you're scrying, like, 10. Or maybe not 10, but at least 7. Which is just not a normal scrying effect. Like, I think you just need to scry so much for it to be comparable to drawing a card. 
Right. I'm not saying it's entirely comparable, but I would still say it could be like in the lower level of the A tier, kind of like on the border a little bit. Because because when I was thinking about it, I'm like maybe it's B, maybe it's A, um, and it's definitely B if you have a deck that prefers surveil, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But I think it, I think it can sneak into A. Really, easily. I just don't. I just don't think Scry is all the way up to A. Okay. Moving forward. Um. Yeah. So looting. Uh, looting's a little bit of a weird one because people always confuse it with rummaging, including me. <laughs> so this one is specifically where you draw a card and then discard a card. Um, and this can include drawing more than one card and discarding equal amount of cards as you drew. So, um, I said this one was a B. I agree. I, I had it at B as well. I I put looting at A tier. I think it's good enough to be about the same as drawing a card. Because so often you have a card in your hand that is just terrible. <laughs> or like you just don't need that extra land or you don't need or you don't need that extra spell. I can kind of so see think... your point on that, but also when you consider the fact that having cards in your hand can be a good bluffing tactic. Well, I mean, with rummaging, you're, you're still keeping the same number cards total. Yeah. But I don't necessarily see it as better than a cantrip. I think looting is even... better than a cantrip. interesting impasse we find ourselves in. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's move on to rummaging, where uh, you <laughs> discard the card first and then draw a card. Uh, I also put this at A tier. I think it's almost as good as looting and worthy of being in the same tier, and that all of those are about the same as drawing a card. I, I, I had the same ideas uh, for before as looting. Uh, except it's just a teeny bit worse. Uh, I I do this at B um, for the same reasons I put looting at B. Yeah, I had I had the same idea as Logan, just having it at B because it's not great, but it's also not horrible. It's useful. I, I think rummaging and looting. There's just so many discard and graveyard like synergies that you can go pair with them that it just it's it's about as good as drawing a card like the card selection plus the ability to synergize very commonly that's why i'm leaving I could definitely, both an a tier i could definitely see that in the right deck it being very good but i kind of associate a lot of those looting and rummaging effects with more red focused cards definitely um and if you're playing like mono red there's not a lot of graveyard synergy in there Well, let's move on to the uh, next mechanic, then. Surveil. That's me. Um, I actually placed Surveil at B tier, because, like you were talking about with the synergies, Surveil's really nice if you're playing a graveyard deck, especially a Demir graveyard deck. You can just look... Yeah, so, so what is Surveil? Um... So, Surveil is scrying, but instead of putting it on the bottom of your library, you can put it into your graveyard or on top. 
So it lets you both control what's on top of your library and fill up your graveyard if you need to, which is why I had it at B tier, because I think it's slightly worse than drawing a card just normally, but it's really useful in some cases. And in a graveyard deck, like I was talking about earlier, I would say that it could be S tier. Yeah, I, I kind of put this on the border between B and A tier, kind of like I did with Scrying. Uh, kind of depends on what deck you're playing. Um, but yeah, if you have a graveyard deck, this could be really good. Uh, I think just with the amount of graveyard synergies in our format, like, I put it in A tier. I think it is better than Scry, which I put in B tier. I think it's about as good as drawing a card. It's, it's easily better than Scry to me. It's usually how I describe it, actually. Yeah, because yeah, Scry is only better if you're playing Grenzo, which allows you to cast <laughs> a creature from out of your library. Yeah, and how often do you see a Grenzo deck? Even with Never. the move to the London... <laughs> only even with the move to the London Mulligan. Society. <laughs> Grenzo is fantastic. I think I think with when we changed Mulligans, Grenzo, Grenzo got better. And, like, that is the only reason I would consider building a Grenzo deck, is to take <laughs> advantage of the mulligan. That is such a good intentionally point. Intentionally mull down to six. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Even then, I don't think it's good enough. No. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but yeah, Surveil, definitely better than Scry, in my opinion, in most cases that you care about graveyard. Mm. Um. I think otherwise it's basically the same as Scry. I think it's pretty much the same as Scry. Um, I think Scry is a little better if you don't have graveyard synergy, but if you have graveyard synergy, Surveil is by far better. Okay, but if you're putting yeah. it on the bottom of your library, are you going to see it again this game? Shuffling happens, <laughs> especially early. Yeah. Game. Sh sure. I like if you... I think it does depend on what deck you're playing, but but I think largely, no, you're not going to see it. I mean, if you turn one Scry 2 and you throw two 10-drops on the bottom of your library, you might see those again. Or you can toss them in your graveyard, and then if you have a reanimate or literally any kind of graveyard recursion, which you should be playing, you might be able to grab them out of your graveyard. Or you get Tormod Crypt. And then you, you know what? You lost two 10-drops that you probably weren't going to be able to cast that game. That's a fair point. <laughs> Moving forward, Logan. Uh, yeah, so the next uh, card advantage mechanic that we're going to talk about is cycling. Um, so that's where a card in your hand says pay to discard this card uh, and draw a card. And then there's also land cycling, basic land cycling, where you can uh, do the same thing with specific lands, and then you go get a land. Oh. Um, but those are a little bit common. I'd like to note that cycling can be any cost. Um, for example, the tri lands are cycling three. That's true, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, usually they're one, two, or three. I haven't seen more than three. No, me neither. I think I saw one for five, Played. but I can't. Anything remember. more is bad. Um, uh, and one thing to note about this one in particular uh, 
that I think is kind of cool is it's an activated ability, um, so you can do it at instant speed, uh, and it lets somebody stifles it, it can't be countered. And most people don't stifle. It's certainly not sti stifling a cycling card. <laughs> that, is, that is true. So how do you rank it? Um, I put this at a solid B. Because uh, it really does feel like um, like rummaging, which I also put it as a B. Discarding card, drawing a card. I put it in C tier. I feel like it reminds me of cantrips, but like you don't get an effect most of the time. And usually you're playing like a... Because cards with cycling usually have a higher mana cost, or in some way are worse than in a similar effect because you get that ability to cycle it and so like i just i just think it's bad i uh i kind of disagree with both of you i had an a tier and i have a reason i can explain myself just because of the sheer number of cycling decks i have played against and just gotten demolished by because sure, the, but like that's a specific cycling deck. Yeah, like but, they usually have things to discount it and take advantage of it. But I also thought about uh, cycling cards like Decree of Pain, that when you cycle them, you yeah. still get an effect, which I think made it better. Even though Decree of Pain is kind of expensive to cycle. Yeah, so many of the ones that you get an effect on are like it's so expensive to cycle it, like. I, I feel like cycling is just a bad mechanic. <laughs> or it's it's not a bad mechanic, but all cards with cycling are just bad. Another impasse. <laughs> um, and I, index, index effects. So there's a card index, which allows you to rearrange the top five cards of your library. So any effect that allows you to rearrange the top of your library. You're not putting anything on bottom, you're not putting anything in your graveyard, nothing moves zones, they just rearrange the cards. Uh, I put this as C. I think it is terrible, and I think that because it, it doesn't really provide card advantage even, you just kind of reordered them so that you see them at different times, but you're still going to go through all of them. Yeah. I would agree with this. And one thing that really comes to mind is Sensei's Divining Top. Um, everyone thinks it's an amazing card. And it's a pretty good card. But a lot of times when I see it played, is they play it, turn one, two, three, whatever. They use it once, they get one good effect. And then nothing really happens because they keep, you know, just rearranging the top of the line. They're only seeing one new card each turn. Um, and so, like, repeated indexing is not necessarily good. Which makes it even worse. I, I agree with both of you. I also had it in C tier, but I'm also going to come to its defense just for a moment. Uh, the only reason that I even considered putting it into B tier is because of effects like Miracle and Cascade, where you can then have a better chance at controlling what you're going to draw on your next turn or play with a Cascade spell. I just think it's nice to have more access to just knowing what's on top to knowing the top three to seven cards. Just a thought. I mean, I get that, but I'd rather surveil or scry. 
that's yeah, that's like, a, that's a, a fair better way to do it. <laughs> I'm I'm not saying index is good. Index is bad. I just I thought I'd mention that. <laughs> that is true. It, it can be useful at times when it's incidental, but yeah, even then, yeah, we we seem to agree. All right, I think I'm next. Ah, yes, impulsive draw. I have mixed feelings on this one, and I am going to come to its defense while also hating it. I had impulsive draw as C-tier because it's bad. The only time I think it's good, or there's two of them, is one, in a mono-red deck when you're desperate, and two, if it's on Urbrask and it's turning your opponent's card draw into impulsive draws. All right, and impulsive draw is where you exile a card, uh, and then you can play it until uh, the end of turn, or sometimes they say until the end of next. Yeah. Turn. Yeah. So, um, I said it was A tier, um, a little bit ago, but now I'm thinking more B tier, because you do only have one turn to play the card. That's why I hate it. Yeah, I also I also put it in B tier. I think it's as good as drawing a card if you can cast it or play it. And then if you impulsive draw something bad, then it sucks. <laughs> right. And I think it's I think it's solidly in B tier for, for me because they've printed a lot of cards that talk about when you cast something from exile, you get like a treasure or you get something um, out of it so there's support that goes with it um, that makes it just a little bit better in my opinion yeah that's a good point and then it also does solve some of red's card draw issues it is it is a big big help in red decks yeah decks that have impulsive draw are generally the decks that need it so it turns out to be actually pretty good for them <laughs> that's a good point yeah but it's definitely not. I don't think it's any better than B tier for sure. No, I don't think it is either. All right. So the next mechanic is future side effects. Um, so there's a couple different flavors of this. Um, um, but basically, um, future side effects allow you to look at the top of your library. Um, some of them say reveal, which means everyone gets to see it. Uh, and then some of them allow you to play from the top of your library, uh, either instants, sorceries, um, creatures, lands, um, or all of them. And so I said this was uh, eight. No, I said this was like a B plus because uh, it can be very effective, but also at the same time, it doesn't really keep you going, per se. Alright, Colin, go ahead, because I've, I've got a hot take on future side effects. So uh, I <laughs> you actually, should go ahead and say your piece first. I, I had future side at S tier, just because I found a lot of ways to abuse it. Namely, one card called Bolas's Citadel. Which I'm sure everyone is familiar with, uh, because it's broken, yeah. and I love it. 
and I've also just always been a huge fan of having just it's it's like having an extra card in your hand without a reliquary tower if that makes any sense it, it's like your hand size has been raised to eight because you just you've got that extra card in case of emergencies so apparently my take is not very hot because I'm exactly on board with that. <laughs> I think I think it is S tier. I think it's better than drawing a card. I would rather have a future side effect. I've been playing Elsha of the Infinite recently. Oh, she's fun. And it is fantastic. Like the ability to cast off off the top of your library and then effectively every time you cast a card, you draw a card because you get to see the next one. Uh, yeah, I can see where you guys are coming from. The only reason I created it lower is because you have to have those specific cards. They can be expensive. Because you might just yeah. have a card... Because if you just have a card that says you're able to look at the top of your library, that's not great. Or you only get to play lands from the top of your library. You still only get to play one land per turn, unless you have cards that say you can play more. So you play a land on top. and um. Yeah, we get I to remove that land from the top. It's it's an eighth card in your hand. That's true. It does dig you farther down uh, without putting cards in your hand. It's also less susceptible to discard, like forced discard. I know mill is more popular now, but forced discard was a thing for a long time, and having that future side effect just let you protect that card, which I think is cool. Yeah, and I think you see discard a lot more in more limited formats, um, whereas in Commander you see a little bit less. Yeah, that's true. Better cards to play, yeah. for the most part. Um, All right, now yeah, impulse so I, effects. I guess I'm, oh. I'm willing to go up to A tier for that, um, but I wouldn't All necessarily right. call it S tier just because of the limited capabilities of most of the future site cards. Mm -hmm. I'll take that. Impulse effects. Uh, this is any card that lets you look at the top however many cards and then put one in your hand. Um, I have this as S tier. I think it's just better than drawing a card. I, you you get um, to look at a also, few and then choose one. Also, the, the cards that you didn't choose go to the bottom of your library, which I feel like is a little bit important to note. Honestly, even impulse effects where it lets you, or where it puts the rest in the graveyard, I think those are just as good. That's true, yeah. No, I, I also said this was S tier. I do think this is the first one we've all agreed on. No, no, we all agreed that cycling was oh. trash. Wait, no, I said, I said cycling <laughs> was good. No, 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 sorry. We all agreed that index yes, was trash. Yes, no, that we all agreed on. <laughs> I I, also, I, um, I really like impulse effects. I think they're lots of fun. Yeah, I mean, usually they only get you one card, maybe two. Or seven. Um, but it's just getting around the things that say you can't draw more than one card a turn is worse. Ignore. Because you're not drawing these cards, you're just putting them in your hand. Ignore my deep sigh at the thought of those cards, because I hate them. But that's beside the point. <laughs> Oh, it's my turn. Uh, Connive is a relatively new mechanic that I think I hate, but I'll get back to that. Uh, it is draw a card and then discard a card. If you discard a non-land card this way, put a plus and plus one counter on the creature that allowed you to connive. Now, 
I have this placed at B tier, like top top B tier, because it's really powerful in my opinion, because you get to draw the card and then discard any card that you don't want and make a creature bigger, which seems pretty good in my mind, but I also hate it, and I cannot tell you why. <laughs> yeah. So I put this at... Um... At a little bit below looting, so like a B minus, because it's basically looting. You're drawing a card, discarding a card, um, and you get that extra effect if it's not on card. Uh, the reason I put it lower is because it encourages you to make bad life choices. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> While I agree that it encourages you to make bad life choices, connive is just such a powerful mechanic. And sometimes that plus one plus one counter is worth much more than whatever non-land card you're discarding. And I put it at S tier. I think it is fantastic. I think it is better than drawing a card. I'd rather connive. I can't agree with you. I didn't expect anyone to agree with me. <laughs> also, the other problem with connive is most of them are... I, most of them are all of them are stuck on creatures. Um... Which can be good, but also it can be a little bit difficult. So, so a lot of them are repeatable then at that point, which makes it a little bit better. But yeah, that's true. There is, I I think my, I think my sticking point is just I've been playing Rafine in standard and it's absurd. Yeah, Rafine is the one exception. <laughs> Rafine is he's absurd. so good. And also, just uh oh, what's that card? Shredder Ledger. That, yeah, that Ledger Shredder. Broken. Ledger Shredder is just... It's so yeah. good. Those two are the exceptions. And I, I love those cards. They're fantastic. And I think just conniving in general is so powerful and so good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Plus, you've got the graveyard synergies that... Looting and rummaging both yeah, have. It, it, I agree, it's good. No. I just have some irrational hatred to it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. There, there is. I, I agree with Colin. For some reason, there's just something I don't like about it. Maybe it's maybe it's the yeah. same reason that I hate explore so much. Hmm. Who knows? Who knows? back to this we took a break and did a mathematical analysis of how we ranked these and found a order that we set everything to and delineated the tiers so concluding we have impulse at s tier we have future site at a tier we have connive and cantrips at the top of b tier followed by scry and surveil followed by looting and rummaging, followed by cycling and impulse draw. So there was four different ties in B tier. And then all the way down in C tier, we have index, which we all don't like. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. 
And Logan, would you like to start us off for cards people should play more? Yeah, one second. I forgot to look this up. I also have never heard of the card that Logan is sharing, so I'm going to look it up as well. We we found it while researching this episode. <laughs> it's the index card, but it's wonderful. <laughs> I I must know. I've never even heard of this card. What are you? There's a reason. <laughs> oh, you you're bad oh. is what you are. All right, so here's my card. Uh, it's Tongar's Glare. So for one red and a sorcery, look at the top three cards that target opponent's library, then put them back in any order. That player looks at the top three cards of your library, then puts them back in any order. So the reason I wanted to say this card is not because it's good. It's actually quite bad. Um, but I just love the effect. Uh, you just I, It's just funny. If you play this in any game, everyone's just going to probably think it's funny and be somewhat confused of why you're playing it, but I guess that's some of the charm. It is a funny card. That is actually hysterical. It, it, yeah, I, I mean, I think I could you could get some goodwill with that. I think people will, like, look at that and be like, wow, that's terrible. I guess we should be friends with that player because they play funny, terrible cards. And then maybe that'll give you an advantage. <laughs> it's like pity points. It, it's Yeah, it's it's pity points on a card. <laughs> they should rename it pity points. <sighs> My card is uh, absolutely not pity points and gets incidentally scary. So I chose Fairy Vandal. For my card, um, it is one and a blue for a creature with flash. And it has, whenever you draw a card, put a, or whenever you draw your second card each turn, put a plus one plus one counter on it. So it just, throughout the game, if you have anything giving you one extra card draw on your turn, it gets just a little bit bigger. And so it just steadily increases in threat, so it's not too scary. But it really ends up adding up. Every time I've played a Fairy Vandal, it's gotten pretty large, and then someone's like, wait a second, that's they, big and scary. We should probably deal with get, that. Or they just get beat up by a Fairy Vandal. Fairy Vandals do get startlingly large very quickly. See, every I single time I still play it, I, I, I get like one or two or three counters on it, and then it just dies to an instant old board wipe. That does happen too. Like every single time. I see so few board wipes, and generally people don't want to burn a removal spell on it because it feels kind of bad to remove this little two mana creature. So it just it gets away with so much. <laughs> it's definitely true. I'm actually going to cheat for this segment because I uh, can't make up my mind which card I'm going to talk about. So I'm going to talk about both. Uh, the first one is Snake Form. <laughs> which is a wonderful card for two, and then it has a split mana for a blue and a, or blue or a green, sorry. Uh, it is an instant, and it says, until end of turn, target creature loses all abilities and becomes a green snake with base power and toughness 1-1. One, one. Draw a card. So it's a cantrip, which fits with our theme, and it's also just a really good card that a lot of people don't expect for some reason. 
and I don't understand why it doesn't get played more often. I mean, it does cost three, so there's that, but I don't know. I've definitely seen this card used to really great effect. Like, you swing with a, like, a big card, and then somebody's like, yeah, I'm just not going to block when they snipe for me. Yeah, it's a great feeling. <laughs> right? Or, or you do or you do block, and then you kill that's it. A, or that's that, yeah. That's a great feeling. The other card I want to... Snake form is not yeah. a bad card. The other card that I want to talk about is the Giant Oyster, which is very old. Arguably bad, but I love it. So it is a zero three uh, that costs two and two blue, and it is originally from the Homeland set, which should tell you something about it. Uh, you may choose not to untap Giant Oyster during your untap step, and then you can tap it, and for as long as it remains tapped, target tapped creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step, and at the beginning of each of your draw steps, put a minus one minus one counter on that creature. When Giant Oyster leaves the battlefield or becomes untapped, remove all minus one, minus one counters from the creature. And it is my favorite card in Magic. I love it so much. Wait, what is it called? Giant Oyster. Giant Oyster. Not the Giant Oyster, just Giant Oyster. Just, just Giant Oyster. It's... It, it has good effects, it can slowly kill something, and it does pacify it in the meantime. Yep. Unless the creature has vigilance, in which case it doesn't do anything. But I, I, it's just <laughs> such a stupid card, but it's also a little bit good, so I love it. Also, it's from yeah. a really bad set. Homelands was horrible. But then there's this gem. Homelands is a terrible set. I mean, it was also printed in Time Spiral. So yeah, that's know. true. It got reprinted. That should say enough it, about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a card from Homelands got reprinted. Yes! <laughs> you know, Divine Gambit got reprinted, and Divine Gambit is an awful card, so I don't think reprint tells you it's a good Let card. me have this. <laughs> Vision up here, I'd like to let our listeners know how to interact with us. You can connect with us on Discord, where we're working on building a community and you can talk to us and get important updates about the podcast you can also email us at edhforhumans at gmail.com and you can find us on instagram and twitter at edhforhumans Um, on instagram and twitter you can also find links to all of our stuff i also want to say thank you to the team here at edh for humans that's wyatt parker skylar smith Colin Snodgrass, and Logan Van Clifford. I hope to see you all on February 21st for the next episode. Thank you for listening.